Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Okay. Um, For those that are here, when we're all finished, we'll be here for a while. If you have any questions, it's going to be a lot of information, a lot of information. You know, we're, listen, we've we've read Genesis through Revelation and taught it and uh, studied it. A lot of information in there. You know, God's Word is so important. And what I also want to say is, you know, some of this is reflective of what we're seeing in the world, the wars, uh, the lead-up to wars, the threat, nations threatening each other. It's like nobody's getting along on the world stage. Uh, But I I do sort of want to say things with a smile in that sometimes people teach, you know, end times prophecies, scare people, but we don't do that. Because we know that Christ said that the kingdoms of the world have to run their courses and that eventually his kingdom is coming and we don't have to worry about war and poverty and all that stuff anymore, thank God. So, um, you know, he shared this with Nebuchadnezzar, he shared this with his followers, I mean, this is just what he did. So we're going to go through uh, some questions that people have had, people have asked, and um, do the best we can to explain it, especially in a chronological order. Okay, so the first one question goes to Pastor Vinny. It says, has Jerusalem become the burdensome stone described in Zechariah 12.3? If you want to read that scripture. Okay, so in Zechariah 12, verse 3, it says, And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. One of the things we have to understand is this is not the tribulation. We are not in the tribulation yet. All nations are not against Israel. But what we're seeing is the warm-up in the bullpen. In other words, we're seeing them ready to come onto the field. So we're seeing the shadows. Um, Some people say that Israel is like the hour hand. Jerusalem is like the minute hand, and the Temple Mount is the second hand. And it's very obvious um, throughout our lifetime that Israel's always in the news. But we've never seen it as much since what took place on October 7th. Have anything to add to that? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. Continuing on, thank you, Pastor Vinny, for like the hour hand and minute hand. And just, you know, as we see world events, um, sometimes as Americans, we see everything with an American bubble. Oh, everything's about us. It's really not. Um, Our country's not that old. Um, If you really want to understand world events and the Bible, we really have to look across the seas. I actually didn't know as much about geopolitics as when I became a Christian. And then I was like, you know what? There's a whole world out there. I'm not really a traveler. So I actually did a lot of studying over the last three decades on this. So the second question was brought to me is, do you think Israel looks for peace now where it could be deceived by other leaders? Now, this is important because, you know, Jesus spoke about the nations of the world, uh, leaders. We saw this in the, the metal man with Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, we saw it with the different animals with Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, you know, God was speaking through Daniel and Babylon and spoke about different kingdoms that would come. And eventually the last kingdom, sadly, this Antichrist would The word anti really in the Greek can mean in place of. So some people think he's going to go and say, I don't like Jesus, you know. No, he's going to set himself up as a Messiah figure and the world is going to look at him. He's going to be very charismatic. He's going to rise up. He's going to have a solution to world peace and people are literally going to fawn over this guy. He's going to be sort of a cross between a political leader and a celebrity, right? Um, And sadly enough, Jesus even said about the world that it would reject him, but it would receive this evil leader, 
right? And why do people turn to the dark side? Because maybe things aren't happening quick enough with God, or this person seems to have a, you know, a, a better answer. Uh, we have to be patient with God. So unfortunately, people will be deceived. And I'm going to read Daniel 9, um, which speaks about this. And, you know, I did a whole study on Daniel, and if you like, we, we've all done different studies that you can go back on the website for free and check them out. But in Daniel 9.27 is the scripture, speaking of this Antichrist figure, right? This is God speaking through Daniel uh, at the time of the Babylonian kingdom. Uh, it says, then he, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week or a period of seven years, which we know is the seven-year tribulation. By the way, like Pastor Vinny said, we're not in the middle of that right now. We believe that God will remove his people before everything starts to implode. But in the middle of the week, or the three-and-a-half-year mark, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Jesus picks this up uh, in the Gospels. He tells us more about this Antichrist figure. Um, if you look, if you actually log on to uh, www.templeinstitute.org, there are already plans for this last revived temple on the Temple Mount. This Antichrist is going to be so slick and so, you know, good with war a wordsmith that he's going to be able to have a false peace in the world, stop the antagonism towards uh, Israel, but then turn on the Jewish people, right? And then the Lord is going to save them. Uh, before that Holocaust becomes something where they're eradicated. Thank God the Lord's going to come back and stop that. But, um, you know, he, he's going to set himself up as this messianic figure in this new temple. And again, the plans are already there. All the pieces, the furniture, everything is, is already ready for that temple to start building and to put these items in it and for the sacrifices to start again and for the Antichrist to be a big part of that. And when Israel is unsuspecting, that's where in the middle of the week, in that seven-year period, that three and a half years, he's going to turn on them, right? It's because people ask me, do you think that uh, Israel now with Hamas is in the middle of the tribulation? And I would say no, because Israel, according to the scripture, the United States won't be helping Israel. Nobody will be helping Israel. The IDF will be beleaguered. And it'll be obvious that when, the, when Yeshua, when the Messiah comes back, he's going to make sure that there's, when, when he does this great work, that people are going to know it's him, not the IDF, not the United States, not the carriers. So uh, it's a very interesting discussion. Okay, hope I didn't confuse anybody. <laughs> the third question is uh, set to Andy. Uh, it's three is Matthew twenty four twelve, and he's going to read that for us is speaking about this tribulation period this future seven year period but do you think this is a warm up to that time okay. in Matthew twenty four twelve, and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold do you want to read 13 or 14 just stop there Okay, 13 but he who endures to the end shall be saved 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Okay, so when I read that, um, I think about lawlessness, uh, and, and uh, it's just really a description of what we're seeing today and what we're going to see probably tomorrow, and it, it gets to a point where it seems like it's getting worse. Um, this, remi this reminds me of when uh, Paul talks about um, in First Timothy, where for people will not endure sound doctrine, and I just see... I guess from like a spiritual point of view, that's happening more and more every day. So that's what I see when I, when I read this. Okay. Any other comments? Good? Yeah, just on base what you said, Pastor John, what Andy just said. I think one of the things that we have to understand as we become students of the Scriptures, and that's where we all should be, our students of the Scriptures, not just people who hear the Scripture, but really uh, meditate on it, chew it apart, research, because that's where you get all the, uh, the meat, the juice. You know, you find things out that just by reading it the first time, you don't get. So God gave us prophecy mm -hmm. because He's outside of time. So He sees the whole th picture. And he gives us those things in the Bible 
for us to find out. You know, uh, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, he's going to reveal himself to you. So it's very important for us not to be fearful, as Pastor Joe said initially, because we're not to fear, but we're supposed to be get prepared for what God has in store for the whole world and for us as his sons and daughters. Then the other thing is, remember, this is a spiritual warfare. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Israel. He uh, you know, grew up there. He died there. He rose from the dead there. And he's coming back there. So Satan wants to try to wipe out Israel. And that's what we're seeing you know, today. They're trying to wipe them off from the river to the sea. You know, to push them into the Mediterranean Sea. Get rid of them. Okay. And Pastor Vinny, I'm going to save my Ezekiel 38 and 39 okay. a few down because there's a little, little more to that. So I'm going to go to you. Question. We're going to skip four. Go to five. And the question is, what, are your, what is your stance on the pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, or post-tribulation rapture, or no rapture? Those are great, and those, and you know, one of the things that's uh, important to say here, regardless of where your stance is on the rapture, has nothing to do with your salvation. We can agree to disagree. The main thing is we realize that we're sinners, that Jesus came down to die on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose the third day. Um, he's coming back. So. All of us up here, including Pastor Paul, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight, we all teach from a pre-trib stance. And throughout Scripture, you see it in the Old Testament with people like Enoch. You see it with um, Elijah. Um, you see it in the New Testament with Paul teaching a brand new church in Thessalonica. Um, he taught them the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians 4 where it's first mentioned and then even 2 Thessalonians um, was written because people thought they missed the rapture so Paul wanted to cover that so it's very important to understand that we believe that the next prophetic thing that could happen is the rapture of the church like there's nothing that has to take place in prophecy before the rapture of the church so we believe where it could happen at any minute that's why we always want to be ready. We want to be rooted in God's word, understand everything, because he guides us by his living Holy Spirit. And last thing, church age. We're in the church age right now. Since Pentecost, up until today, and whenever God decides to pull us all out of here. Then it's going to be the Jewish age. The Jewish age is the tribulation. That's meant for the Jewish people who haven't received Jesus yet. That's why it's so awesome when Jewish people receive Jesus now, during the church age, we rejoice with the angels in heaven. Okay. Before we get to Andy, um, just a little bit more on what the rapture is for those new to the Bible, is that uh, God is, you know, he has sort of a modus operandi, I would say. You know, there was, there's some things about him that are predictable, but in a good way. Right? God's not capricious or flippant about how he sees love and justice and things like that. So the rapture is this, this future situation where he says, okay, the world is that decadent that I'm going to remove my people so they don't have to go through this judgment period, which is thank you, Lord, appreciate that. But where do we see the rapture? We see it uh, in, and you were mentioning some of them, is uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Right, God pulled the righteous out, or as righteous as they could possibly be, before He destroyed the wicked. Uh, in Egypt, I could I call this sort of a shelter in place. When the judgment came, um, He covered the people who had that blood of the Lamb, which was a pre-type of a type of Christ on the the doorposts and the lintel. Uh, he also, in the flood of Noah, He pulled the people out who believed in Him, who trusted in Him. Um, he removed them before the flood came. So the rapture is just another way that the Lord removes his people before he has to judge decadence. And we're seeing a lead up. We see the crimes. We see um, and, you know, some, some horrible things going on every day in the news, the world, uh, cold hearts. Um, you know, it's just going to get worse. But the Lord is faithful to protect 
those who have trusted in Christ. So, the next question is for Andy, and the question is, the crisis in Israel has driven many Jewish people around the world back to Israel and to seek God, and I would say also to seek the Messiah, which is wonderful, like never before in history. How does this line up with the Bible? So, uh, right off the bat, I feel like we worship a living God that moves. He's moving, he's making things happen behind the scenes, above the scenes. And I, I feel like, I, I think about Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, which is the Great Commission, go forth and make disciples. And I think as we do it, the Lord is doing it as well. And you hear these stories about, um, for example, the man in white, about uh, a lot of uh, Muslims who are not believers yet, but they keep on seeing this man in white, and they keep on saying it's, it's Christ. That says to me that God is working, Christ is moving uh, uh, you know, behind the scenes. And a lot of this stuff... It's not futile. We're not alone on this. Like, you know, things are not going to smash the pieces and be like, oh, okay, we're, all, we're on our own. No, we have a God that loves us, who serves us, who moves, and he helps us, and he helps the world. Like, he's turning the world where he goes. Just like in, uh, I believe it's Proverbs that says, you know, uh, the, the Lord t- uh, changes the channels of the, of the king's heart. So whatever happens, he does. So take comfort in knowing that we're not alone, no matter how bad it gets. And it might get even bad or even worse. He's there to comfort us, and everything goes according to his plans. I like that you also brought up the Muslims, right? Um, We actually have a guest speaker the last Sunday of this month, and he's our missionary to the Middle East. And he has made so many inroads with with leaders of, of Muslim people. Uh, he gets to know them, breaks bread with them, shares scripture with them. And there is some amazing things happening. Again, you know, we, we turn on the TV or the, you know, the computer and we see everything that has to do with America, which is, I love my country, but there's a whole world outside of our shores where amazing things are happening and God's Holy Spirit is moving. So I'm glad you brought that up. So not only Jewish people, and I'm seeing it, um, we're seeing it, but also Muslim people and other people are, you know, where, where Christianity is stifled in some of these countries, they're dreaming of Christ. They're having visions. They're going out when they wake up, tell other villages, you know who this Jesus is. I know he's in the Quran. I want to know more about him. So it's very exciting. So the next question goes to Pastor Vinny. It says, there is a strong delusion in Second Thessalonians 2, intensifying in our world. Can you please address this? So I'm going to read Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to pick it up um, a little higher up in verse 3. It says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, referring to the Antichrist, um, and also notice there's going to be a falling away, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So you and I are very fortunate that God shed his grace on us, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. But one day the Holy Spirit will be removed through the rapture of the church and millions of believers will be taken away. But that does not mean that the Holy Spirit is still not present on this earth. And I believe, right, Pastor Joe, you're going to address that. So I don't want to go into that. But the 
Big thing that I just wanted to point out here. Notice in verse 9, the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish. Deception is rampant in our world. A lot of things that we share with you, you don't find in the regular news in our country or anywhere in the world. We're being like manipulated to hear the things that they want us to hear. But right now there's a major war going on in Israel with Gaza and there's a bigger war coming with Hezbollah. Could have started right now as we're sitting here. So we're not getting all the truth all the time. And that's why we're very fortunate that we have... Um, I guess contact, right, that we can pull it up and share it with you. So once the Holy Spirit is out of the way, then it's going to be the time of the tribulation and the Jewish people that God's going to center in on them to bring them to Christ. Okay, Pastor Vinny uh, touched on the next question that's going to take place is, will the Holy Spirit be present during the tribulation? So my answer is yes and no. (laughs) This is something that, um, and again, if we, again, some, to some people, prophecy is very new. Wow, where, where are you getting all this stuff? Where does this come from? We're going to hit one uh, very powerfully in Ezekiel, which we're going to get to. But, you know, in Revelation, right? Um, well, so there's sort of a timeline that takes place, right? Where, you know, things we see in the world, who, who knows? Who has the solution to a lot of the world's problems? doesn't look like any world leader does doesn't look like we really do um there's a lot of back and forth with this war in israel people are taking sides which we're going to get to uh but there will be a a point where things get so intense jesus spoke about the end times like birth pangs they will increase in frequency and intensity as time goes on um you know when i became a christian some 28 years ago and I heard prophecy and like, oh yeah, things are bad in the world. Oh wow, there's a period of peace. Oh, things are bad. Oh, there's some peace. Birth pangs that Jesus spoke about. But now we're seeing such intensity and we're seeing very little pauses. So the next step really that can take place at any time is the rapture. We keep talking about that. God removes his people before all these chaotic things, revelation, judgments, a lot of crazy stuff starts to happen in the world. And uh, still people will be clueless. Like, they'll still be walking around with their heads in the clouds. Like, you know, they're just getting used to it. Like the frog in the boiling water. But when the rapture comes, the Holy Spirit, right? The restrainer who's restraining the Antichrist, the man of sin, from, you know, really taking center stage in the world. The believers are removed. You know, we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that. Jesus spoke about that. I talked about that on Sunday. So wholesale, Holy Spirit and indwelled believers of the Holy Spirit will be taken away in a good place, right, to be with the Lord. Um, but, so I say yes and no. So the Holy Spirit wholesale, aggregately, is, is there's a, a great shift in, in what he's doing. But people will still be get, able to be saved in the tribulation. And now, when you really understand these terms, you think, well, I know the Lord, and maybe I don't know the Bible that well, but I have loved ones that I care about. Um, we believe very strongly that uh, even in this time, people can be saved. So it, can the Holy Spirit work during the tribulation? I believe so. As a matter of fact, in Revelation, we're told that they're tribulation saints, right? Uh, in this time period, not only will the Jews be persecuted, but anybody who becomes a Christian will be persecuted. Faith in general will be hated. Uh, so, so people will lose their lives and they will end up, they die, they go to be with the Lord, and, and we see that portion of Scripture in Revelation. So it's a pretty wild time. There's a lot to it, but it's, you know, we, we have some timelines that scripturally kind of what happens and then what happens next. So before you leave, if you'd like some of those, we would certainly give you them for free. Okay, the next question goes to Andy, and it says we live in perilous times second timothy 3 1 through 5 violence and spirit of the antichrist will this intensify more or will we return to normal sometimes i ask the question what is normal but continue okay so i'm going to read uh from two 
But know this, that in the last days, a perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. So when I read this, I just, not only do I think is it really like an intense time, it's only getting worse, but does that not describe the world around us? And that's what like, uh, Pastor Vimich said before about it. It's our job to sit there and chew on Scripture and to learn it and to meditate on it. And the more I do that, the more we do that, the more I realize these things are coming to pass and these things are happening. Uh, the, the, these, the people that are just, like you said, with their heads in the clouds, they're not, they don't want God. Hopefully someday they will. Hopefully we can pray for them and they can repent. But they don't want God. They have their head in the clouds. They're, they're up there. They're just waiting for a whatever kind of moment, which is the opposite of it. They're not paying attention. Um, so I think it's a description of what's happening now. And hopefully there's peace. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Vinny, next question is for you. Have any aspects of end times prophecy been fulfilled? Well, we can, since we're speaking a lot tonight about Israel, uh, one of the main things that took place that really set a lot of other things in motion was uh, May 14th, 1948, when Israel became a nation again. Um, They were gone. People criticized Scripture because Israel was not a nation. And they were saying, well, the Bible says that Israel is going to be a nation. Well, in 1948, they came back as a nation. And Bible prophecy has been happening since then. Uh, What's going on in the Middle East right now? This is the first time in history that all the prophetic nations that need to be surrounding Israel are there right now. Never before happened. It's ready to go right now. That's why we believe that the uh, rapture of the church is imminent because we're seeing all the things that are leading up to the tribulation. So if things of the tribulation and the second coming of Christ are so close, then how close is the rapture? Because the rapture takes place and then seven years later, Jesus Christ comes back with the saints onto the Mount of Olives and we walk through the Eastern Gate together. That's prophecy. So yes, we are seeing a lot of prophecy being fulfilled today, and we're talking about some of it right now with each of these questions. Okay, something with a little bit of a different nuance um, is, the question is to Andy, what signs indicate that the end times are approaching? So I've been studying this topic for a long time, even before I was a believer, and it's funny because when you... When you love the Lord, He reveals things to you, and the parallels are, are really unbelievable. But what I see as far as end times are approaching, and not to scare anybody, but just bear with me, is threats of a police state, the push for a police state, globalism, which is a bigger version of a police state, it's like a global police state, uh, a prison planet, if you will, artificial intelligence, and just the manipulation of that. I think, you know, artificial intelligence right now is. Um, is sold to us as something great, but I don't know, it kind of creeps me out. I see some of these pictures, and I'm like, mm, no thanks. Um, the digital banking currency, if you guys ever get a chance, uh, try to, to jump into that, because that's basically saying that, hey, cash, when there's no cash, that means everything is tracked. Everything, all your purchases uh, are, are tracked, and people can just push a button and say, you can't you know, buy that. And on top of that, they kind of know what your business and what you're buying, but that's, that's pretty creepy. A control mechanism suited for the Antichrist. So if all this comes to the pass, the Antichrist is just waiting for it. And he's going to be that lawless man that is like the dictator of the world of what I described. Um, I see Bible prophecy unfolding day by day and in intensity more and more. I think um, things are going to get more and more intense. And, um, you know, like I hate to sound cliche, but that, that, uh, that uh, normal's not coming back. Hopefully no, the normal's not coming back, but Christ is. So that we can... Um, rest our head on. And I want to be really clear about something. There was a time when I was afraid of this, and you shouldn't be, especially when I didn't have the Lord. But at the end of the day, God wins, and God is the one that, again, changes everything. So we have to rely on that. So, I mean, this stuff, I pray it doesn't happen. I pray it doesn't happen in my lifetime. But if it does, 
I have to confidently say God's got it. That's the only hope. Otherwise, we're dead in the water. I'm glad you put that point in about uh, being hopeful and not in fear. Again, some people teach this as a way to gain control and to put people in fear. I mean, cults do that stuff. We're just saying, hey, this is what Jesus said. It's going to get worse before it gets better, that cliche. Um, so like, we can sit here and enjoy our lives, enjoy our families, and enjoy our church because we know that God has a better plan. I mean, do you really want to put your faith in fallible and sinful human beings that are, you know, every time they run something, they mess it up? Or the higher they get, the more money they get, the more corrupt they get? Um, you know, if you, if you actually go and you put into Google the World Economic Forum, these people meet in Davos, uh, Switzerland, and they're billionaires. They're incredibly rich. And they, I'm just going to say it, they've bought off a lot of politicians in both parties, not just in the United States, but in part of Europe, etc. And if you listen to these people, they're actually pretty scary. Again, they want to do away with cash. They want... They want you to have, uh, they want hybrid human beings. There's a Dr. Harari. He's actually a medical doctor. He's there. There's no way, there's no nice way to say this, but sort of the Joseph Mengele of the WEF, where he's talking about hacking the human genome, basically uh, developing a race of human beings where we're part uh, mechanical, we're part computer, and we're part human. This stuff. It isn't me. I'll show you the link. I didn't say it. They said it. And the last time the WEF met, there were politicians from our, from our political parties over there. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing there? You know, you're supposed to be for freedom in America. Why are you over there in Switzerland, Davos? So it's, uh, again, I didn't say these things. They said it. Uh, and actually, when you look at the mark of the beast, when you look at the, uh, the image of the beast, which is even scarier, how this Antichrist, again, he's very powerful. He's got, um, he's got technology at his fingertips. He's a global leader. You know, when they were developing, uh, you know, the uh, fission, <laughs> the atomic fission, the nuclear weapon, right? Germany was, was rushing, the United States. There's a lot of countries trying to get the bomb. And, you know, a lot of people had said that if this gets into the wrong hand, it can eliminate the human race. And now it's kind of, it's kind of a tense situation. A lot of countries have the, the A-bomb, right? Uh, nuclear weapons. Same thing with AI, right? The, there's a lot of people who are in the field. And again, whether you like them or you don't like them, I'm neutral. But, you know, Elon Musk and some of these people who, uh, who are, you know, in the field, uh, some of the people who, other people who help to develop AI, they're saying this stuff is creepy. You know, you can, you can make just, they're doing it sort of with the scam calls. If you say too much on one of these scam calls, they can take your voice patterns. I used to be a police officer, so I'm giving you a little, little help here. If it's a scam, don't answer the phone. If you don't recognize a person, hang up. Because you start talking to them, and they are able to take your voice patterns and make you... To call sort of another loved one and say, hell, I'm in trouble, grandma. I need you to wire me X amount of money. And it's your voice pattern that they, that they took, right? So the AI field is, is extremely creepy. You mix that with uh, technology. Again, it's good for a lot, of, a lot of jobs, but it's bad when the wrong person gets a hold of it and he or she starts to manipulate it and control people. Uh, so there's... There's a lot of things that we're seeing that it's, it's sort of hidden in plain sight. So the last uh, kind of one... Yeah, go ahead. Please jump in. Rescue me. No. The bugs. The bugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ask me about the bugs later. I'll tell you about it. But yeah, it's about the bugs. But I also want to touch on uh, that guy, you are Harari. Yes. I read his book. I think it was a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. I was in Barnes & Noble. I actually sat down and wrote a good 60 pages of it. And the guy is like a, a, a total evolutionist, atheist, technocrat. And the entire book is human beings aren't special. You're, we're an accident of evolution and all these kind of things. And, you know, I'm reading it. I felt, I felt like my life fell out of me because I'm like, what kind of person can think that about another, pe another person? Imagine that, if you will. That propaganda, to be able to say that about somebody else, and that's, that's like the basis of all things. Like, you know, Stalin, for example, killed so many people. Why? Because they didn't care. They thought they were vermin. So it's kind of these, these kind of attitudes, these things that they write down. 
that these people do and then people apply wrongly and that's how we have all these problems but could you imagine that you're not that great you're not that special you know it's it's a problem i i, I felt i felt my 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 energy um jump out of my body when i read that so i can confirm with this guy's writings and then he has another book called something like deus where it's like now that you're you're uh, you're crap as a human being don't worry we got the we've got the uh, the the um uh, uh, the antidote for you. Become technocratic. Become a machine. So it's not an exaggeration, okay? The information's out there, and if you want to read it, you can find it. I think the sad thing, too, with this gentleman is uh, he's Jewish. He's an atheist. And like Pastor Joe said, he wants to depopulate the planet. You know, he, they want the globalists. I mean, Pastor Joe, for the past few years in different revelation and different books that he's taught, has talked about the globalists. And believe me, they are loving everything that's going on right now, the chaos on our planet. They want to use that for their benefit. So that's why you and I, um, again, we emphasize this a few times, and I don't be scared, just be prepared. And you get prepared by knowing your word, the Bible. And Pastor Joe had mentioned something before about the when you were talking about the rapture. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, it says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's important. God took our wrath on the cross. He paid our penalty on the cross. He shed his blood for your sins and my sins on the cross. The people that have to go through God's wrath are those who have not been saved yet. That's why we pray for the unsaved, whether they're Jewish or atheist or whatever. It doesn't matter. Muslim, it doesn't matter. We want all people to be saved. We don't want Satan to win. And, um, you know, Pastor Joanne mentioned the rapture, and I was just thinking, you know, they've already have it in place for all the different segments of society that when the rapture happens, well, what do you think the Antichrist is going to do? What do you think the government's going to say? What do you think the newspapers are going to say? They're going to say everything from alien abductions to Mother Earth cleansing the planet to uh, we remove these people who were holding progress back. But remember, this planet needs to catch up to the Scriptures. They're behind the times. The Bible is right where it's supposed to be, right in your hands and hopefully in your heart. So, got one more subject, and this is, well, Sunday, I'm teaching a message Sunday, and it's titled, uh, Proving Jesus and the Resurrection, and I use paleography, history, a lot of really good stuff um, to prove that Jesus existed and that he did resurrect from the dead. So, uh, if you're interested, come on, check it out, even if you're not a part of this church, you don't have to give us any money, just come check it out. Um, because it's something that's so important if we're believers to understand why we believe what we believe. And I'm just going to say this before I get to the last question is, I'm glad you brought that up, that you read Dr. Noah Harari's book. These people are scary people, what they, what they believe, and they're powerful and they're wealthy, so that's even more scary. But it reminds me of, of Goebbels, the yeah. Nazi, uh, mm-hmm. You know, he has, a, uh, if, he has a saying, tell a lie, tell often enough, and it becomes the truth. And this was Hitler's right-hand man, you know? Those that know history are doomed to repeat it, and it's the same lesson over and over again. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, good. Um, so one thing before we go to the last one is what I would like to do is, and you guys could think of the answer, is I want to end on a positive note, because we should, right? Jesus did warn us, but he did tell us what great things were going to happen after that. Um, and before I go into the last question, again, all these things can be verified, everything that we set up here, names, etc. cetera. Uh, before I was a Christian, now we're going back uh, more than three decades. I almost said centuries, but I'm not that old. Uh, it's, it's, it's late, you know, I'm tired. But going back over three decades ago, before I was a Christian, I actually was into some of this globalist stuff, right? I didn't know any better. I was young, impressionable. And the movement back then was called ZPG, zero population growth. There's too many people on the planet. There's not enough resources. They're eating all the food. They're sucking up all the oxygen. 
it's, it's, it's a movement that's been around for a very long time, depopulation. So again, I was, I thought, well, you know, I don't know how many people are on the planet. I would read these books and go, well, there's too many people on the planet. Did you know, this is a mathematical, this is fun, you can do this, that if every single 7.8 billion people on the planet, think about this, if everybody stood up straight and had two square feet of space, it's just not a lot, and we all stood shoulder to shoulder in rows, and you put 7.8 people on the planet in this, uh, in this scenario, this is the entire population of the earth, that you could fit every single person in the planet standing like that in Jacksonville, Florida, with the rest of the world empty. And people are saying, when I first heard that, I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous. Then I took two square feet, I multiplied it by 7.8 billion. I seriously, I divided that square footage by acreage and I looked up the acreage of Jacksonville, Florida and said, son of a gun, you can fit the entire population. If we were all like this, there's no room, but don't tell me that the world's overpopulated. It's evil. It's, it's against humanity. It's keeping the elites on the top and being able to control the masses. So can I jump I'll, in yeah, real quick ahead. with what Pastor Joe's saying? I know there's a lot of young people here too, but one of the things, and I was a public school teacher for 44 years, one of the things that's happened over the past 20, 30 years is removal of analytical thinking. People just accept things without checking it out. And every individual on the planet, it's our job to check out to see if what we are hearing is true. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he gave us his truth and his word. So the way you can't be faked out is know his word. That's so important. (laughs) Now, uh, a few years back I taught Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophecy. It goes back, oh boy, <laughs> now we get it. Paleography is the study of ancient writings, uh, the Ketev Hinnom scrolls, the, the hammered silver, first temple period, Dead Sea scrolls, uh, Septuaginta, which is third century BC. Anyway, everything in God's word, you, you put a person with a shovel and a brush in the Middle East, and they start digging, they find something, an artifact. So a lot of the verification of Scripture comes from artifacts. Part of archaeology is paleography. So uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 was written some 2,500 years ago. That's almost three millennia. It talks about the alignment of nations, which in 2,500 years, you know, I love these young guys. Look, they're looking it up. See? And Pastor Vinny is right. Yes. Don't just don't believe what I say. Go, you know, go back the the recorded version. Listen to everything we said and vet it, especially the Jacksonville, Florida thing. Uh, so t- it's true. I did it. Twenty five hundred years ago, this was written, and I, what I call it is it's called a what I I call it a dormant prophecy. It's something that is because God when He does prophecy, He tells the future. Only God knows the future. So he would tell his prophets things, and there would be near prophecy. Hey, this is going to happen next week, next month. Uh, medium prophecy, this is going to happen in 100 years. And far prophecies. Seal up the things, Daniel. In the times of the end, they will understand these things. What, what, what God? Don't worry about it. The people who come later will, will get this. So God's uh, anachron- not anachronistic, diachronistic, which means across time, his prophecies are for all believers, all people to become believers. So I'm gonna put, we're going to put up a map, and um, I'm going to show you with a red laser. It took me two Sundays to teach this. I'm going to try to truncate it into six minutes. So, but this is basically something that when you see these nations and how they come together, you're going to be like, wow, this could have been written this morning. So let, let me go. And the only reason I'm showing this to you is for those who are, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you, you're a prove it to me person. Maybe you came with somebody. Maybe you're, you're failing in your belief system and saying, does the Bible have the answer? Let me do this for you. So we're going to go into, uh, it's going to be fast. It's going to be brief, but go online and get the whole study, which again, it took two hours to do. Uh, basically, it took all of these leaders and all of these uh, areas of the world, all these nations, and the Bible tells us that one of these days, 
right, towards the end, these nations would all come together, sort of Axis and Allied powers, right, World War I, World War II. Um, basically, when you read Ezekiel 38, 39, you get Gog, Magog, and Rosh. Uh, we went through ancient rivers, we went through ancient settlements, anthropology. So here is, here is Israel. Look, look at how it, small Israel is to all of these nations that have a problem with Israel and, and the land that they have. So here's Israel. Uh, what we did was we went due north. It spoke about an alliance of nations from the far north. If you keep going this way, you're, you're in Russia. This is very important. Don't judge Russian people by Russia. Don't judge Chinese people by China. And don't judge Americans, whoever's listening to this, by our leaders. Because we seem to have the worst of the worst in the world nations. So you've got that situation. And we're going to get back to that. So hold that thought for a minute. B, the next group of nations is Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya. Okay, so Persia, prior to 1935 or 55, uh, Persia was 55, right? Persia was always Persia until 1955, then the name changed. So Iran is really Persia, Ethiopia and Libya, here's Ethiopia, here's Libya. So Africa is a continent, it consists of 53 countries, However, the northeastern part of Africa, there's only a few countries, is where a lot of the hotbed of, of rebellions and, and you know, uh, taking overs, right? Benghazi, uh, up, up here, right? we all know about Benghazi. Uh, Somalia, we know about Somalia. Uh, Sudan is now, I believe, north and south. Uh, there were, a lot of Christians are killed in Sudan. And recently, Nigeria, there were Christians... Uh, killed there right here killed there as well just because they're being christians so you look at these countries right the last group of countries is sheba didan and tarshish sheba didan and tarshish are saying hey why are all these other nations going south and attacking israel we don't understand it so these people sheba didan and tarshish and the young lions of tarshish is understood, Sheba and Didan was always understood as the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. Um, Jonah, Tarshish, he went west when he was supposed to be going to the Assyrians. So we understand these uh, Sheba and Didan, right? When you look at Tarshish, you're looking more of Western Europe, Iberian Peninsula. Again, this has been, this has been when you read the Bible, a lot of these names, even Syria, the name Syria hasn't changed. And and since it was established thousands of years ago. Um, so where am I getting, Pastor Joe, it's, you're, you're all over the map literally here. Uh, so what am I getting to? Here's where the clarity comes in, right? God's Word talks about this. In 2,500 years, I've studied the Napoleonic Wars, World War I, World War II, European Wars, the Crusades, the Roman Wars. You've never seen this alignment before. So here's where it becomes elucidated. Right now, Iran... Right? Iran, Russia, China. Very interesting here is the Euphrates River. Here's Afghanistan. We recently pulled out of Afghanistan. Now, I'm neutral. We should have stayed. We shouldn't have. I don't, maybe don't know enough about whether we should have stayed or not, but the way we pulled out was horrible. Amen. Because what, what we did was we left the power vacuum. Iran here, Russia here. China here or right around here. They, they took our Blackhawks. They took our equipment. They reverse engineered it. Yes. Was that? Yeah. Well, they, they actually, yeah. So they, they know our technology. Now, Revelation 16 speaks about uh, the east of the Euphrates, that the kings of the east would travel west to get into the battle, one of the last great battles. Um, Armageddon. How can I forget that word? <laughs> so, but get, look who look who the three the three groups are that are now engaged in war. Russia is in Ukraine. Uh, Iran has all of its proxies uh, going after Israel. China says it isn't if, but it's when when we invade Ty uh, Taiwan. We have people in this country saying, "Well, we can do a three front war." Can we? Um, so the question is, 
when I was a young police officer and I got saved a few years into my career and I read End Times Prophecy and I said, how come the United States, this great nation, is not an End Times Prophecy? Just pick up what's going on in the news, right? So what would happens is our influence is waning and everything is going to happen right here. Um, last thing, very interesting, the Bible made this prophecy before what I would call the Sunni-Shia connection. So if you understand Islam, there are a few factions, two major factions. is One is Shiite, the other one is Sunni. So the Shiites are, and this is, this is good for Americans to know, right? Here are the Shiites, Iran, uh, Syria, Hezbollah, and Lebanon. This is the uh, Shiite crescent. Who are the Sunnis? Mostly Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia and Iran are a counterbalance according to Ezekiel 38 and 39 and according to the geopolitics that are happening right now. Isn't that powerful? So the Bible knew about the Sunni-Shiite counterbalance how many years before Islam? Uh, 1,200 years before Islam was even anything. So we are living in the times where this dormant prophecy has lit up. The screen has totally lit up. Um, did I miss anything? Can you just go with your pointer, Joe, to the just show them right now, Lebanon? I just want to, as you do that, I just want to say, remember the three H's. Okay, right. the three H's. You have Lebanon with Hezbollah, and then you go down to the Gaza area, okay, with Hamas, and then you go down to Yemen, you have the Houthis. So they're all proxies of Iran. As Pastor Joe was saying, you have all the Sunnis, but you also have about 60 to, 7, 60 to 70% of the Sunnis are in Yemen. So that's why they have that whole area surrounded. And right now in the Red Sea, the Gerald Ford, which is the uh, biggest carrier warship that we have, has just left the Red Sea. And as they left, guess who came in? Iran's warship came in. So you can see Red Sea. Now what... The, impact does that have on you and me the red sea goes all the way through and it goes into europe you can see italy up there and you can see spain and france so what that does now makes event they don't go through like china said they're not going to go through the red sea if the iranian warship is there so now what they have to do for goods transport they have to go all the way around the southern part of africa so check out africa that's all africa they have to go all the way around to go back up to where spain and france is how does that impact you and me um, Amazon, everything will be delayed extra. Gas prices will go up. So those are two immediate areas we'll see if they don't do something positive um, in the Red Sea. Uh, okay. points too. Uh, in regards to Afghanistan, all right, there's an old historical saying, power abhors a vacuum. What does that mean? Throughout history, you can look it up. Anytime there's a pullout by a certain nation or there's something left there, Somebody's going to gobble it up. So whether you agree or disagree about Afghanistan, the fact that we pulled out, somebody else took it over. So remember that phrase, uh, the phrase, power abhors a vacuum. Point number two, during the Iraq and Iran war, Iran, to, go, uh, uh, to displace Saddam Hussein, he tried to excite the, uh, the population of Iraq because the Iraq is the same Muslim as Iran. So think about it. Saddam Hussein was the ruler of Iraq, but he was a different kind of Muslim. So when you have propaganda, you have the, uh, the, uh, the fight between those two to excite the populace in Iraq because, hey, we're on our thing. So this is something things to think about. Oh, and also uh, Tagarma, to, to there's a few other, like I said, it, this took me two hours to do and I split it up into two Sundays. But in end times prophecy, Turkey is involved too, right? If you know, you know your leaders. Erdogan, Erdogan is a lunatic. He is looking for war. He's uh, denounced Israel. So you're going to see him at some point get involved. And NATO is a little concerned because you know, Turkey is a NATO member. Um, so when you look at Iran, it's she is, you know, as a country. Uh, oh, so here's another one, Syria, right? Syria and Iraq. Look it up, right? Am I making this stuff up? Look it up. We've had 110 attacks on our bases. So 110 times we've been shot United States bases in Syria and Iraq with missiles, with drones, 
all backed by Iran. Iran just can't wait to get into this war. I also was watching TV and some of the experts say Iran is 90 to 95% almost perfected the fissile material needed for a nuclear weapon. Iran has said in their eschatology, in their warped, demented, false messiah eschatology, that in order for their messiah to come, they have to cause as, cause as much chaos as possible. Um, so they're, they're going to use what they have. Okay, at some point we have to talk about the good news. We Can only I do one more thing, Pastor yeah, Joe, because you hit us something. Can you show them Damascus <laughs> up there? So you have, we talked about before, prophecies that are taking place. So one of the prophecies that could take place any time could have happened while we were in here today is Isaiah 17.1. And that's a complete destruction of Damascus. And that's supposed to be the powder keg that once that happens, what Pastor Joe is speaking could lead right into Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. So how could something written 2,500 years ago that most rabbis pre-Christ looked at it and said, we don't know what this is. Nobody knows what it is. Europeans, post-Christ, interpretation of the scripture, everybody gets Ezekiel. We don't know what this is. Nobody knows what it is. But in the last few years, we now know what it is. It's, it's a lead up to this, this uh, new allied axis power counterbalance uh, to throw the world into global conflagration. Okay, so can we share the good news now? Because I've shared enough. Uh, like you notice I'm, I'm smiling. You're like either he's demented or he knows something that I'd like to know. So here's the good news. The good news is that th- this isn't, and understand with prophecy, this isn't God says, oh, I want the world to be in chaos. No. When he created the world, he created natural resources, love, uh, his closeness. He wanted to be this beautiful, pristine you know, garden that extended to the ends of the earth. God wanted to have this close fellowship with human beings. But when sin entered the world, death entered the world, and also estrangement from God. So the world is estranged spiritually from their Father God Creator. And let me just say this too, it's very important I go back, is that, sadly enough, both Democrats and Republican presidents have meddled into the Middle East and messed things up. And also, also what I believe um, caused sort of a catalyst for some of these things to be accelerated. Whether it, listen, people are going to get upset with me, whether it's Bush in... in uh, you know, in Iraq, um, there's a, a big discussion over that, whether it's Obama and Biden's affinity towards Iran. We're giving them billions of dollars. Why? So they can accelerate their nuclear weapon. They're, they're using all the money we gave them to, to, to shoot our people. This is insane. So, yes, from both parties, sadly enough, these presidents are so smart. And this goes back even further than those three. Um, they're so smart. But they don't, if they don't read the Bible and they don't understand what's going on in the Middle East, even this thing with Palestine, right? Um, this, nobody, nobody even heard of Palestine until Hadrian the Emperor, uh, after the Roman Jewish Wars of AD 66 through 70, uh, removed the Jewish people from that area uh, very spitefully and renamed a lot of Judea, which was Jewish land. Uh, that part which people call Palestine now, it was, a, it was a derogatory term and they called it Syria-Palestina. Just look it up. That sort of disappeared for a very long time up until the 1940s. Christians, Jews, and Muslims all felt they had a stake in that area and they actually, you know, sort of in the World War II days, those three groups were neighbors. They got along really well. When Britain and the United States after World War II reestablished Israel to get their land. They did it very sloppily and they caused a lot of hard feelings and that led to the war in 1948, led to the war in 1967. So what's going on over there is Israel has a right to those borders biblically. Um, However, whether it's Israel or the United States or Russia or China, these aren't godly people running these countries. So everything that Israel does, the IDF, they're not always going to do the right thing because they're not necessarily God-fearing people. They're just trying to preserve their country. So there are Christians in the Palestine area. I hate even using that term because it's not accurate. Um, And actually, ethnically, 
in, in the 1940s, they had an influx of, uh, uh, if you take a DNA sample of people in that area, they're largely Jordanian, but also some Egyptian, right? So there's just been a lot of movement, and it, there's been a lot of confusion, and a lot of people are confused about what the, to believe. But let's just say this, everybody needs prayer. The soldiers need prayer. The civilians on the coast need prayer. Uh, in, in Gaza and all that area, uh, it's very sad. And we just pray that the Lord comes soon to just stop all this mess. And he said he would, but we just don't know what his timetable is. So, Pastor Vinny. Wrapping up, um, you know, we believe that we are in biblical times. You know, sometimes when you're growing up, you say, oh, wouldn't it have been cool to walk when Jesus was walking on this earth or whenever something. Well, we are in biblical times. We're taking things right out of the scriptures that are happening. And you can see it as you become more familiar with the places in the Middle East. Um, we're here for such a time as this. It's no coincidence that you're living in 2024. You're a child of God. You have the living God in you. You're a light that shines in a world that's going to keep getting darker and darker, whether you're in high school or college or in your business, in your family, in your neighborhood. And um, it's exciting. You know, we shouldn't be uh, downers. We should be pumped up because we're getting closer and closer to seeing our risen Savior. Andy? Have hope. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I'm reading my scripture, I'm reading, uh, I hope for the one to come, come back, the one who saved us. If they, we have hope, then there's no point in anything. There was a Russian writer um, who wrote the Brothers Kazimov. Um, if God doesn't exist, then anything is permissible. So uh, we have to live in a matter that you know what God exists, and we have hope for the uh, for what's going to happen. We have hope after death, uh, all this kind of stuff. Otherwise. What is the point of anything? You know, I hate to use um, Hillary Clinton, but what good does it do? What does it say? Like, what difference does it make? You know, I hate to use her as a quote, but the reality is, what is the point? So have hope. Believe in the one uh, who sent his son. And once you have hope, and then you, and read your scripture and have the hope refueled over and over and over again. And uh, that should set you on your way. Otherwise, if you don't, what's the point? And Pastor Joe, how would somebody, maybe they're here tonight or on the internet or, you know, they want to have that relationship with Christ. What should they do as we close? Well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That offer of salvation is to the American, to the Russian, to the Chinese, to the European, to Hamas. Some of the Hamas people over the years have left that organization and have become Christians. Uh, that offer is open to the Jewish person, to the Israeli, to the church person who comes to church every Sunday but really doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that message of hope is open to the person who lives in Gaza or Lebanon or Beirut or where, wherever. See, that's the beautiful thing of what we preach. We're not exclusionists. We know that Christ died for everyone. I don't care who I meet. I've witnessed the Hindus, Muslims, Jewish people, uh, people from anywhere. I'll just give me a moment and I'll tell you about Jesus. Uh, but the beautiful thing about Jesus is the Bible tells us, it, it gives us a glimpse and revelation of, of heaven. And it said there, is, there will be people from every nation, tribe, kindred and tongue so i believe when we go to heaven we're going to see representations of all people people say oh inclusivity big tent umbrella that's what christ provides so if somebody is watching or somebody was here today um you know the thing is you don't need clergy to be saved all you need is jesus so somebody who's watching the live stream in their living room can say you know what i i don't want to miss the boat i don't want to miss the bus i want to believe in jesus too so they could do something like this in the quiet of their living room or on their desktop or whatever, they could say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I know that you died for my sins, that you died for the world's sins. I want to turn from my self-directed life and turn towards you. And that's what repentance means. I, want, I, I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit and I look forward to walking with you all the days of this life 
and into eternity. Amen. If you said something like that now or on the live stream, let us know. We'll send you a free Bible and some material. The website, we want you to grow in your faith. Um, you know, it's that simple. You know, at this church, we don't, there's no strings attached. There's no money attached to it. We're not asking you to give anything. We just want to facilitate people getting saved. And again, I can't wait till Denny comes out and he talks about how many people are being saved in the Middle East. People are being saved in Israel. They're being saved in Gaza. They're being saved in Beirut. It's an amazing thing. And that's what, it, what, what binds us all together as human beings is Christ, right? Anything else you guys want to be good? I think, I, I think it was Jan Markell said, things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place. Amen. Just how it's supposed to be. Okay, so uh, we'll be available for questions afterwards, but that ends the live stream. Have a blessed day. Thanks Amen. for coming out. It's good seeing everybody. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.